Gold, gold, gold. Is the rally over? We'll get into it. Silver's had a heck of a run here the past several weeks. The dollar's done the complete opposite. We'll talk the 10-year. We'll talk Congress. We'll talk tariffs on Canada and the week that was Donald Trump. Lots to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Fight the Fed, Nick Hodge. This is episode 81 of Bizarro World. Nick, first and foremost, how the heck are you? Doing great, Gerardo. Just happy to be here. How are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. Can you believe we've done 80 of these? Has it been that many? Like, <laughs> oh, good, good gracious. That's uh, well over a year where we're pushing into, into year two of these things. And, um, you know, uh, I got to say that many of the things that I'm sure we talked about in the earlier episodes have uh, come to pass. And it will be interesting in uh, a couple of years to look back and look at it as a uh, narrative of the uh, unfolding bull market, right? Because we sort of timed it pretty good. I think the timing was excellent. I, I actually did this the other day where I sat back and I listened to an episode very, very early on. And again, not to, you know, we're talking our own book. I'm talking my own book here, but um, a lot of the calls on, on, on precious metals, uh, a lot of the societal calls, right? Uh, what, we, what we expected volatility wise, um, fourth turning stuff. I mean, all of this stuff really has come to pass. Um, in an eerie almost kind of way, because, you know, usually um, things don't happen the way that you script them. And I got to say the last couple of years, you know, with, with, with minor exceptions, it's played out pretty much on cue. So, you know, kudos to you and hey, kudos to me as well. And, and hopefully Absolutely. we're able to continue to deliver some uh, actionable advice for people to take advantage of, of, of what I think is going to be a historic gold bull market. Let's get right to it. Um, gold. I'll give you a fourth turning update later. We'll do the market stuff first, but make sure I give you a fourth turning update because last week I told you that I was feeling some sort of shift. Mm, I don't know if you yes. remember. I was telling you, I was like, I think we're just like shifting. Anyway, and I'll tell you why. So just remind me. I like it. I like it. Let's get right into gold. Um, we closed at 2031. I joked on Twitter earlier, you know, gold pulled back $32. I joked that the bull market was over, but I'd happily buy back um, anybody's cheap shares of companies that I like. Um, I'm at, I, I've been adding to positions. I've been adding to positions all week long. There's still a lot to pick from that is extremely undervalued. Um, and then there's some names that, as we said last week, are starting to get overheated. And it's not a coincidence to me that some of those names are the first ones to pull back. But listen. 2031 um, after a $32 drop is extremely bullish for, you know, the coming weeks, months, quarters, and years, frankly. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, I'm excited about the market. It's great to have a portfolio that was down 40 or 50% a month ago that is now up, you know, 40, 50% in positions, frankly, that, you know, we, I don't know how many three and four digit winners we have just in the last month or so, but it's been, it's been a fun ride. And I think it's just getting started. I'm not sure who's selling. It's not uh, me. I don't know if it's institutions or it's, um, and it was, I think Peter Spina was saying this on, on Twitter this morning, or it's gold bugs and that have been trained. And I've, I've referred to them as beaten dogs, right? They're trained to expect the, the pullback. Now this can't be real. It's not going to go higher. And so I'm just wondering who's selling, but Gosh, you know, if 2032 is a pullback that's feeling really, really good. Uh, you talked last week how technical uh, support wasn't down until um, 
uh, whatever, $1,800. And so, um, yeah, I mean, looking really strong fundamentals in place. They're arguing about another trillion or three trillion, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about. And so uh, you're seeing the inflation manifest in a very uh, real way, which we've sort of been uh, hinting at. And I actually wanted to talk about crabflation, so I'll just bring it up because it's a funny story. You know, I'm sure you've seen in the news about how lumber prices are up and corn prices are up and, and this and that. And we were talking, it's got to be six weeks ago now, about the crabs and how expensive they were in Baltimore. And I was telling yep. you uh, that I was telling my buddies, man, it seems to me like uh, uh, inflation starting to manifest here. And they were telling me, no, it's just a bunch of people eating crabs. And I was like, all right. And so this is funny because this past weekend, the same group text with the same guys, one of them's a lumber salesman, and he's, he hits up the group text talking about, man, have you guys seen how much lumber prices are going up? They were up, whatever, 40% in the last month. And I was like, dude, I told you inflation was about to manifest like six weeks ago, man. And so it's just so funny that you see it now in hindsight. And that's only going, uh, well, I can't say only going to, but that at least right now is continuing. I mean, uh, the dollar might have had two up days this week, but continues to sit at about uh, two-year lows and, and the 10 years is closed at um, all-time lows uh, yield-wise. And so, like you said, if you were if you were writing the script uh, and wanted it to play out accordingly, that's what it's doing. And so I think pullbacks are healthy. I'm totally, totally in agreement with you that um, there's still uh, quality names out there. And as I've told subscribers, um, you know, the levels that I've, I've set that I look at on these uh, stocks uh, are based on valuations that I looked at, you know, before the price was here. And so um, if the stocks are still trading under those price prices or close to them, you've got to be setting limit orders and looking for, for these pullbacks because, um, again, quote unquote pullback. Because today, some of those stocks that I follow went back under what I call my buy under price. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, still opportunity. Lots of opportunity. And, you know, we, we, we talked about, <laughs> this was last week's support, you know, a lot of support at around the $1,800 level. And, you know, with the highs that we're hitting or that we hit this week, you know, I, I think now there is incredible support, you know, in the high 1900s, which again, um, you know, if 1950, 1960 is, is, is a new floor for now, uh, that's still <laughs> above the highest case scenario on the sensitivity analysis of your favorite gold mining company. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyhow, uh, those are my thoughts on gold, silver. What a week. Um, here we are. We close at 2818, um, above the 28 level. It flirted with $30. Yes. It pulled back a little bit. Look at a chart. Who cares? Right. The bottom line is gold and silver are in a raging bull market. And and then the beautiful thing again is there's not a lot of ways, you know, to play silver, not a lot of pure silver plays out there. Um, but the companies that have silver exposure are starting to catch a significant bid despite the sell-off here in the juniors and a lot of the juniors here later on in the week. I'd love to hear your thoughts on silver. And then maybe let's talk a couple of companies that that did well this week, including one that I know you offered to your Nick's Notebook subscribers here recently at eight cents. And if I'm not mistaken, um, closed today somewhere in the 23, 24 cent level um, just a couple of weeks later due to $5.5 million coming in from who else but Mr. Eric Spratt, right? Writing checks for everybody. Silver's looking uh, strong. The ratio 
uh, gold-silver ratio was extremely um, out of whack. I was writing about that even before the virus in you know January, February time when I was recommended Mag Silver, another company that has done um, fantastic. If you look at the chart of, of silver and you pull back the historical chart, um, it's looking very violent like it did back in, in 2011 when it ran to uh, 50 bucks. Uh, quality silver companies are, are hard to come by. I know uh, you want to talk about uh, one in particular. And, um, you know, I don't know how many companies you want to give away. You said we weren't doing that anymore. But I know for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about Almaden. And that's one that's just right on the cusp of my uh, buy under price there at a uh, dollar Canadian. And I know you and I both agree that if it gets to a dollar US, that's a significant catalyst for um, you know, larger entities to buy it and then half their deposit is um, silver. And so, um, again, looking good. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk Oryx, right? Oryx is the company I just referenced. And, you know, I bring it up because you you got your subscribers in at eight cents. I believe it had half because of Oryx. Well, eh, it, it takes a village, right? <laughs> it takes a village. I mean, half of half of the deals that come my way come from other people as well. And so, I mean, that's 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 where the network matters. But you know, the bottom line is it closed at 23 cents today. It was up 36% today um, on Eric Sprott coming in. And now, you know, they, they, they don't just have one project, which I really like. And I've been to the Sandra Escobar project, with, which has several gold and silver targets on it and is a 60-40 joint venture with Pan American Silver owning 60% of it. But, you know, they have a second project, Conetto, that is joint ventured with Fresnillo. And I know that's starting to get significant attention in my conversation with uh, CEO Gary Cope a few days back. So a lot to like there, you know, even after a 36% move, it's still got a tiny market cap, sub 40 million Canadian. Um, but kudos to you and, and good for your subscribers. And, and, and again, you know, we're talking... 300% move in, in, in less than less than what, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. I mean, some of these moves have uh, been absolutely fantastic. They're, um, you know, quintessential uh, early bull market moves in, in junior equities. And um, I think it's going to continue for, for some time. Here's something else that's going to continue. Stupid ass politicians doing everything they possibly can to make sure um, you know, the middle class and those that are most vulnerable completely get the short end of the stick. And, and you know what? It's not even the short end anymore. It just looks like they don't want anybody to have a stick. And, and this goes for both sides, whatever your political persuasion is. I've repeatedly said I lean more towards libertarian. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I have some beliefs that socially lean more towards the left. And I have some other ones that lean more towards the right. Anyhow, you know, the two major parties in our country, Nick, cannot figure out a way to come together and do the most basic of, 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 of what their job description should be. Can't, can't even do that on the most basic level. Um, the eviction moratorium has now expired. Um, people are still living off of, I guess, the 1200 bucks they got a few months ago. Um, and, and yet here we are. You know, They took half a month off, both parties. And, you know, they're going home at three and four o'clock every day saying that they can't decide whether they want to spend one trillion or two trillion. Um, and the sticking points, again, seem to be heavily weighted against 
the everyday person, right? Not, not, you know, the you or the eyes that, you know, we're relatively well off and we've been fortunate. We positioned well, but the bulk of America isn't that right. I, I missed my drive to Chicago this year. It's a drive that I love taking with the family every year. And obviously with coronavirus, with COVID-19, we, we, we put that off, but you know, a part of why I enjoy that drive so much um, is because I get to see, you know, how different parts of America are doing. And, you know, you, 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 can, you can take in a lot. You can observe a lot from driving across the country. And, and I missed that this year. Um, but I, I, I can tell you the past several years, people were already struggling despite record highs in the stock market. I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse there. We've talked about how the economy is in the stock market, but most people hadn't participated in that outside of their 401ks. And though the economy was strong and it was getting stronger, it, it, it was the people on the lower end of the scale were having to work twice as hard just to keep up. Now we add the inflation that you were talking about, which is very real. And it's not just lumber, of course, or crab cakes. It's, you know, it's gasoline, it's eggs, it's milk. It's the staple, the staples that people depend on, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and here we have school coming up. And we talked about this last week as well. And, you know, people having to make very tough decisions about sending their kids to school or, or doing online learning. And again, neither party can come together and just agree on some common sense things. I, 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 it's, it's. It should be criminal. I mean, it, it, both sides, the, this group of politicians, the bulk of them should be voted out as soon as possible. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot there, Gerardo. Uh, first of all, uh, I think you're one of the a few who isn't taking the road trip this uh, summer because uh, from what I see on Instagram and <laughs> from what I experienced this week with my my wife's family driving up to visit from uh, San Diego, about a dozen of them, and uh, also articles I'm reading in you know Bloomberg and stuff say that you know glamping is in this year. People are taking road trips because they can't go to uh, you know hotels and stuff, and so a whole lot of people driving around and camping in, in national parks. And so anyway, just thought I'd throw that random fact in there. You talk about. Um, the short end of the stick. And, you know, I'll talk about the the big club, right? And I got mm. the Carlin quote right here. It's the mm. big club and you ain't in it, right? The same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long. And they tell you what to believe all day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think and what to buy. And, you know, I was listening to Larry Kudlow this morning before I walked out of the door. He happened to come on Bloomberg and I was watching Bloomberg while I was eating my cereal before I, before I walked out. And, you know, he's just a, a jerk, man. The Bloomberg host was pressing him about um, if they had talks planned for today because they were already a week behind the deadline as far as the expiration of the uh, unemployment benefits. And he's just very dismissive saying, you know, there's uh, basically no talks planned, but he was sure that there would be some informal conversations, but uh, he wasn't going to negotiate on on live television and um you know, he's about uh, and Trump is about lower taxes and fair trade and they weren't going to give in to uh, spending concessions from the Democrats. And it's, you know, it's so it's so ironic because, I mean, they're, they're quabbling over quibbling over trillions of dollars. Right. And so it's like you're just at this like I've said Kafkaesque a bunch on this on this podcast, but it's <laughs> so like 
it's just so it's not dystopian it's just so like on its head right where it's like oh they want three and we want one trillion like it fucking matters at this point it doesn't matter at this point and the fact that they're arguing about extending unemployment benefits or how much to send people and not about you know corporate income taxes or how we're going to pay for any of this um Again, it just speaks to the little regard that politicians have for everyone, but the very wealthy that because of our wealth are able to directly influence lobbyists to go do our bidding for us. Let's be real. I know I, I'm going to get a tax break regardless of who comes into power, who comes into office because of the lobbyist and the influence that it has in Congress. I knew that when President Obama was elected. I knew that when President Trump is elected, and guess what? Whoever wins the election in November is going to be working very hard for my interests. I know that. It pisses me off that for the bulk of America, all they got today was a 90-minute meeting. That's how long negotiators from each side met today. And you have people that are getting evicted. You have people that can't afford to eat. You have people that just want to get back to work that aren't allowed to because the government won't let them. And a 90-minute meeting is what these clowns allotted themselves after taking half a month off or almost a month off. It it should be criminal. It should be criminal. And meanwhile, the 17-year-old kid that was accused of of masterminding the the, the Twitter Bitcoin scam from a couple of weeks ago where, you know, Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Barack Obama and everybody got their Twitter account hacked. This kid is facing 40, 30 felony charges. 30 felony charges. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be accountability for the kid. I'm saying there should also be some accountability for the politicians because what they're doing is damn near criminal. Yeah, but they sort of usurp the system and we know it's going to take time to, to work out. And then who is going to hold them accountable, right, when, uh, you know, they've uh, sort of appointed the judges and, and don't have term limits. It's the people that ultimately have to hold them accountable, right? And you can't take everyone to the to the polling booth by hand, right? Um, and even if you do, it's sort of like leading a horse to water, right? Um, yeah. What do I want to say about that? I mean, look at some of the primaries that just came in. You see some, um, quote unquote, surprising results that aren't Mm. surprising at all as far as, um, you know, long held seats being uh, turned over and and status quo politicians uh, losing their seats. I expect as part of the fourth turning, which is I'm going to segue into that a little bit uh, to continue. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight, as I've talked about. It's, uh, you know, whatever, a five to 10 year process. Um, and, and we are turning. So uh, I told you last week I, I felt that there was some sort of shift happening. And this week I read that, um, you know, finally, for the first time now, uh, the millennial generation plus the Gen Z generation is officially larger than uh, the generation uh, X population plus the boomers. That is to say, um, the younger cohort is like 166 million people now and the older cohort is like 150 uh, million now. And that's sort of the transition that's at hand, right? Um, And it takes time because they don't turn all 18 the same year, right? And um, it it takes time for uh, generations to to come of age and to get politically uh, involved and interested and active. And so... um, you know, the wave has crested, I think, and is now starting to, to go the other direction. But it's 
uh, going to take time and, and it remains frustrating for sure. But fear not, because on November the 3rd, President Trump will deliver you the vaccine that will allow everything to get back to normal. What Mean- time? <laughs> you can't make this shit up, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, um, apparently Canada's been eating our lunch and it was time to put tariffs on them. Um, I don't know if you saw that this week. I thought that was interesting. Um, do you have any thoughts on the tariffs? Did you did, did you read that story? I didn't. What are we tariffing? Uh, alum- uh, U.S. aluminum good now. Syrup. <laughs> well, Canada Canada retaliated um, by announcing a 3.6 billion Canadian tariff on U.S. aluminum product, and this was a day after President Trump imposed a 10 percent tariff on some Canadian aluminum products. So again, it's um, you know. It's a tit for tat. It was a heck of a week again for President Trump. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm just at a loss. And this you want to know what's interesting is Thai, um, Thailand is interesting. <laughs> what's you, that? Did you see that one? No. Thailand. He was reading, uh, uh, you know, one, one of one of his scripts off the off off his sheet, and instead of pronouncing Thailand like, you know, everyone oh, pronounces it, amazing. He, he called it Thailand. <laughs> I don't know if it was a Freudian slip Amazing. or not, but it at least made me laugh. Um, that's like it rhymes with the Jeff Epstein Island, the, th- the Thailand. Um, ah. he, he went up in the uh, election betting odds this week for whatever that's worth. Um, uh, and so I'm not sure why that is, but um, I remember and I've seen data and tweets to the same effect that, you know, the polls... The, for Biden are about the same place that the polls were for Hillary at this point yep. um, in 2016. And we all know how that one um, ended up. And so uh, like many people and including you, Gerardo, I could not be more interested to see what happens on this election day. I'm looking forward to it and preparing for it as, as, <laughs> as, as we have right for years on end, regardless of who comes in, but yeah, it's um I expect a lot, a lot, a lot of uncertainty and volatility to continue. And, you know, the protesters aren't tired. You know, you, you're not seeing it in the media anymore because because they've been mostly peaceful. And I know that doesn't sell, but, you know, the, 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 the constitutional right to protest peacefully is being exercised um, with vigor in this country. And again, it's, it's the youth that really, really, really gives me hope and um, optimism for the future. But in the meantime, you know, I think we continue with a a little bit of, you know, rough sailing for a bit. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're going to work from home until June of 2021? I know you wanted to talk about that. Well, I just don't know. And I think it's one of those things that you sort of have to uh, talk about and take seriously when it's coming from some of the biggest companies in the world, like Google, right? Mm -hmm. Who's announced that their employees can stay home until... Uh, 2021. And I don't know, it just things to me are, and I talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, just things are weird. And a lot of things just don't pass the sniff test, the common sense test, as far as um, certain people can go certain places and have to take certain precautions. But, you know, I can turn on a a basketball game and watch men sweating and breathing on each other as they go for a rebound. Right. And so like, it's just weird. And so like, um, if we're, if they're working at home until 2021 and, uh, that's like a year away, um, it just seems like, um, some of the smartest minds and the biggest companies 
uh, in the world are looking at this a bit differently. Than, you know, get, <laughs> the ones that have all the data, by, Nick, the ones right, that have get, all the data. <laughs> exactly. Getting a vaccine by November 3rd or um, whatever it is. And so um, I don't know. It was just when I saw that date and, and you look at like the concerts, right? I was going to talk about Live Nation too, mm-hmm. but in a different context. And we're, we're talking about not bringing back concerts until um, later in 2021. God, or that hurts my heart, Nick. You know, I know. Even, oh, God. even later. And so um, it just seems like this thing is obviously uncertain and changing and, and it's going to be with us for a lot longer than um, anyone anticipated. Um, and, and to transition into the markets, you take a look at like um, how it's affecting um, earnings and people's behaviors and buying patterns and still not affecting like stock prices and valuations uh, like concerts, for example, like Live Nation just had quarterly earnings. Their year over year quarterly revenue, Gerardo, was down 98 mm. percent. Um, and the stock is like flat. I mean, the stock is not, you know, it's like the stock is not, is up from March. Robin Hood to the rescue, literally. I'm going to get to Robin Hood in a second. Give me one second. I'm going to take a perfect trajectory. Or the same thing with like, um, I I have to pull up the Disney earnings here to see the numbers. But, um, you know, they... they lost billions of dollars, right? Um, added up to what is it here? Revenue in the quarter that ended June twenty seventh uh, was eleven billion, falling from twenty billion a year ago. So uh, Disney's revenue got cut in half. They posted a loss. They had uh, a write down because they're losing so much money on their uh, international TV business, and that stock like ramped up because uh, they had. Uh, Disney Plus subscribers were up, <laughs> but like the fundamentals <laughs> of the company doesn't matter, right? And so um, I don't know. Just a whole lot of weird stuff continues to go on, and it's worth mentioning uh, that stuff because uh, it's in complete um, inverse relationship to to the fundamentals of, of what's actually happening, and yet uh, the valuations go up. And let me just tell you one more story, and then I'll I'll shut up because. Uh, I had family in town this week, as I said, uh, and uh, they were talking about Robinhood, right? They obviously know what I do and they were asking questions about investments um, and they wanted to tell their stories as well. And and one of the younger uh, people said that he had made uh, a 10 bagger uh, from like $2 and change. The stock went to $20. Um, It's called Workhorse is the name of the company. (laughs) And um, I had never heard of it. And I said, what does Workhorse do? Where did you learn about Workhorse? And um, he got a free tip from an Instagram account that he follows <laughs> to buy to buy Workhorse because they make um, com- uh, electric vehicle components, uh, basically. Like you know, it, you know how Tesla has done. I don't have to explain that to you, but Nikola and all these other ones, right? And sure enough, I pulled up the chart. He ran on a run from from two dollars to twenty bucks, just like he said. You know, he only had whatever um, fifty bucks in it or whatever. But the phenomenon is that, right? It's him times however many kids are out there doing that, right? That are driving up the shares of these companies when there's no fundamentals there. And um, I just thought that was uh, it was a perfect story. I've never used the Robinhood app. Can you buy junior stocks on there? I think you could buy any stock you want. You probably would have to buy the OTC equivalent, 
Um, and so all you junior mining executives, make sure you get your OTC listings because it's important for, uh, uh, you know, uh, U.S. people to be able to buy that. But yeah, I think you can buy any stocks you want. That's and cool. options. And, and they like push it on you. <laughs> That's their model, right? They send you like text alerts like, hey, you should buy fucking Tesla calls or whatever. Endorphine and dopamine <laughs> rushes straight to your cell phone, everybody. That's crazy. It is crazy. Is Robin Hood the new strip club? And you get excited. What do you mean? You, you, you're, oh. you're eager. You wait, then boom! Like there it is, and like wow, I got my tip. And then you go and <laughs> you buy twenty bucks worth of stock instead of a twenty dollar lap dance. <laughs> hey, you gotta disinfect this. You gotta disinfect the pole. You gotta disinfect yourself. <laughs> I don't know why you all listen to us every week, but I'm glad that you do, everybody. <laughs> All right, Mr. Hodge, what else do we got? I, I, I don't want to get into the dollar again because I thought that we did that pretty extensively last week. Um, you just be careful. End of the year, once the election kind of dust settles, I, I, I think we're in for a nasty little rally back to the upside. Um, so I'll just leave that there. What else do you want to get into, Nick? What, what else is on your mind? Um, I don't have anything else on my mind, really. I mean, uh, I'm feeling pretty good, staying busy, uh, vetting a lot of deals. Uh, starting to to look at what's next is, and we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, as, as far as, you know, taking profits or new names I want to get into or what commodities are going to be next to, to rally. Uh, and copper's looking, uh, I think, okay, after a little bit of pullback, we didn't really talk about copper, but uh, uh, it had a pullback as well, right? Yeah, let's get into it. It closed at 286. It was flirting with $3 early in the week, um, you know. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, do what the CNBC people do and make up a bunch of reasons as to why it happened, right? Uh, more people sold it than bought it is the simple explanation. But look, mid to long term, um, given given the macro backdrop, given the fact that, you know, we're now arguing about how many trillions to spend, um, you have to believe that there's going to be, and there is, you know, it's underway, a global effort, a coordinated effort. Um, to modernize the grid. Um, Manhattan, you know, breaking news just had its entire grid knocked out for a few minutes and the power just came back. But the bottom line is infrastructure wise, we need a lot. You know, we need a lot. I wrote th about this four years ago. I joke that I'm always early on stuff, but you know, the, 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 the numbers from that article back then, you know, hold up relatively well today here in 2020. And, you know, whether it's the electrification of, of, of everything, um, whether it's, you know, rebuilding highways, uh, roads, um, you name it, there's just going to be incredible demand for copper, sustainable demand over the next decade. And so, you know, whether it breaks $3 this year or $3.50 next year, I really could care less. I would, I would hope, I would hope that it stays at these levels for the next 12 months so I can accumulate copper juniors as aggressively as we accumulated gold juniors when, you know, we wrote checks at 30 cents, 20 cents, 10 cents, 3 cents, right? And then now we're doing it right back up, 3 cents, 10 cents, 20 cents, and on up. And so hopefully we, you know, ho ho hopefully it just stays in this range and, and gold and silver get all the attention and, you know, we can do what contrarians do, which is build outsized positions that don't seem to make sense to most people until they do, right? I'm making a whole lot of sense right now. I like it. I like it. Let's hope the Robin Hood people think so. 
Yeah, um, and I think that's going to continue, especially as you see, you know, new highs and, well, you know how it goes. I mean, bandwagon jumpers and more headlines coming. And so, yeah, we're getting to it. I want to mention, um, did you see the video of the explosion in Lebanon earlier this week that killed about 150 people and, and injured thousands of people? Um, did you get a chance to see that video, Nick? I saw it from multiple perspectives, yes. Oh, God. Just, you know, all the best energies and vibes to everybody there. Um, it, it it was tough to look at, and then the damage was, was, was tough to look at. And, you know, human toll aside, you know, the port that was completely just demolished and devastated is a lifeline, um, you know, to, to, to that region. And so just economically... Um, again, you know, human toll aside, um, it's, 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 it's tough to even contemplate what that rebuilding process is going to look like. But, um, yeah, I, I say all that just to say, if, if you didn't see the video, everybody, you should, and, and, uh, you know, send good thoughts and, and, and good vibes and good energy that way. Cause that region definitely, definitely is going to need a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, already facing problems for sure. And, uh, that was a terrible uh, video, terrifying to see people walking around in the streets afterward. And I couldn't imagine what it's like to um, to to live through something like that. So I'm with you. Yeah. And, and again, you know, they're saying that, you know, the explosion had a force of at least 500 tons of TNT. Um, and 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 it was, you know, perspective, right? Oklahoma City had about 2.4 tons. And so 500 to 2.4. And we know what Oklahoma City, you know look like afterwards. And so my point was going to be that again, it seems like, it seems like this stuff was being stored in an area where it should not have been. And it had been there for, I think something like six years I read somewhere and it was, yeah. And, and, and it was government negligence, right? They didn't want to pay the fees to move it and everybody just hoped it would be okay. And again, like we talk about with economic policy and monetary policy and, and, and societal ills. Yeah, it's all okay until it's not. And unfortunately, you know, for, for a whole lot of people, um, it, it's, it's, it's not okay anymore. And so all the best that way. Nick, do you have any feel-good stories for me? I, I, I definitely do not want to end it on a, on a bummer. Um, you know, I was just thinking about that while you were talking because there's uh, obviously a dearth of, of positive stories, including on our, our sheet that we use to uh, talk about uh, things for the week. And, you know, it seems like it's it's been such a terrible year and it has been in many respects from, you know, the virus and the deaths to um, it, the bombing you were just talking about to, you know, a little bit of comic relief, the murder hornets, right? And so <laughs> uh, you know, there's been all sorts of stuff that's happened, but um, I, I didn't have one prepared, but I think I would just have to talk about the community for a second. We've, we've touched on schools restarting a little bit and how confusing that is and, um, you know, how do you, how do you make sense of that and what's the best way forward? And in the past, I don't know. And, and just for some context, my oldest is starting school, so I haven't had one go to school yet. This first one was starting in the fall. And in the, just in the past like week and a half, they've had three different plans, right, for <laughs> what, what reopening is going to look like. And uh, most recently, we learned that um, even if they uh, have a plan, which they do to reopen, it still has to be approved by the state. And um, so they might not be able to reopen, even though they have um, uh, a plan. And today, 
uh, I got a video from like the principal. It was like a 10 minute YouTube video talking about uh, the plan that they were going to submit and the features of it and talking about what would happen if, you know, someone had a fever when they arrived at school or what would happen if someone in a certain classroom was found to have tested positive or whatever. Um, and I just was thinking about it for a second and I was like, you know how much stress this guy is probably under, like having to change the plan three, three times in the past week and, and dealing with however many thousands of parents <laughs> and not knowing if his school is going to be able to open. And he's all like gung ho and cheery and talking about how much he loves the kids in this video and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just easy to see, uh, you know, partisanship and, and animosity online where I live most of my life. I, I won't speak for you, but, um, you know, when you when you take it back to the neighborhood and community level, I think it's still easy to see people uh, working together. And you said earlier, it takes a village and it certainly does. And, and, and I really do think that the village is um, has been getting weaker for a long time. But as I said, that wave is crested and I think gets stronger from here. So there's a little positive sentiment for you. I like it. Now I'll, I'll end on a positive note. Um, my Cubs tied for the best record in all of baseball, both leagues haven't had one positive COVID test. And I got to throw a, 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 a little bit of dirt at the Cardinals, right? Our, 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 our nemesis there. We were supposed to have a weekend series with them and, they haven't played a game due to COVID positive tests since July 29th, Nick. And so That's it's crazy. been a real interesting case study to me seeing how baseball has been affected by COVID and the protocols um, and the NBA as well, right? With football coming up supposedly here at the end of the month and beginning of September. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL navigates it, but um, I gotta say, it's been fun watching my Cubs, man. We're 10 and three and in a season that's only 60 games, that's a heck of a start, heck of a start. So missing Wrigley field. I wish I was there in person. I wish I was in Chicago with family, but it's been fun watching from a distance and, uh, it's provided some relief. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Go is right. Nick, I think that's all I have. Anything else on your mind? No, that's it. Um, everybody have a, a good week. A little perspective before we leave. I'm sorry. My, th th this little note just popped up and I had it underneath my 17 other sheets of paper. But here's some context. How much do you think silver has appreciated month over month? And I'll, I'll just run down the list of commodities really quick. We'll end it there. Um, gosh, I don't know. 45%. <laughs> Damn close. 52.6%. Followed by cobalt, 16.4%. Platinum, 15.2%. Gold, 13.9%. 11.4% for palladium. You all should look at Generation Mining, by the way. Um, heck of a team. Heck of an asset. Um, cashed up. Heck of a, 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 a value proposition at these levels. Anyhow, um, lead, up 9.4%. Aluminum, 8.8% before the tariffs. Copper, 5.8%. And nickel, 1.9%. So, yeah, you know, Sugar Daddy Jerome, uh, when he says, you know, we're going to be uh, aggressively targeting inflation, which again is a big middle finger to the middle class and those most vulnerable, the people most affected by inflation, um, it's working. And at least he's not lying to you people, but you should read between the lines on what it is that he is telling you because it has very real world implications and it's showing up in commodity prices, right? Uh, it's almost like it's a uh, re-inflation. 
Almost, almost. That's all I got, everybody. Nick, thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate the weekly therapy sessions. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Fight the Fed, Nick Hodge. This was episode 81 of Bizarro World. Be safe, everyone. Be kind to each other. Be nice. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E, aggressive. Remember, remember the 3rd of November. <laughs>